Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to episode 52 of Broken Records. Scandalously late again, apologies for that. Um, we just had a busy, a busy weekend, just had a bit of a busy weekend. My name's Stephen Hill. Um, this is a new solo podcast from the Right Act Network where we search for the worst album ever made in the history of music's storied long lifetime which is quite awkward because apparently you're not allowed to slag music off anymore which is a bit of a shame but um yeah i'm gonna keep on going on about it, renfrey renfrey deadman's here with me now renfrey how are you uh i'm all right um i have uh, my ear out and my fingers over the keyboard for any mm-hmm. nasty things that you might say so that i can censor every single thing that you ever say <laughs> just yeah i know just well, in case we upset anyone yeah uh, i know oh, god, oh someone likes different music to me i can't believe it. I'm gonna, oh god how will i go on um we are trying to find the worst album ever made um and uh we have 51 albums um in a list already these albums have all been picked from the fan reaction the critical standing the commercial response to the record the band's uh, own reaction to the record or maybe something else this week is very definitely something else i think it's an oddity of a record that i think a bit, isn't prob- it? probably wouldn't have got in the hat even though it is you know pretty dreadful but i'm not sure it would have got in the hat was it not for a certain particular incident involving myself and said band because we are talking this week a little bit of a throwback to a decade ago puddle of mud rediscovered a covers album by the post grunge band cuddle P- cuddle of mud <laughs> cuddle, cuddle of, of mud. mud i don't want to cuddle of mud are you 100 percent sure rediscovered is how it's pronounced because obviously you've got the brackets you've got this terrible what are, i mean what are they trying to do with that title it's a mess it's a mess isn't it it's them trying to go for some sort of pun but not so to be super clear it is re then bracket then disc d-i-s-c then close bracket then othered o-v-e-r-e-d at a time when you know cds like disc you usually refer to a cd you don't refer to a final disc uh an lp disc no i mean it's it's the title is fucked from the beginning it's fucked yeah unbelievable yeah. uh anyway not actually considered a proper studio album in their discography in their oeuvre uh released on the 29th of august 2011 we'll get to that in a little tiny bit but before we do we will run down the 20 worst albums that we have covered on this podcast thus far the flop 20 steve give it its proper title the flop 20 i was about to do that the flop 20 it starts with this one more light by lincoln park oh no he slagged off a dead person yeah he was shit um megadeth super collider cold chamber chamber music theory of a dead man the truth is slick dogs and ponies by louis the 14th queen of paul rogers with the cosmos rocks the united nations of sound by richard ashcroft sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band the original soundtrack eog and quig by eog and quig six feet under's graveyard classics volume two Blood, Sweat and Towers by Towers of London. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Weirdly, uh, Corey Feldman on the Today Show 
just came up on my YouTube music recommended thing yesterday when I was sitting around watching telly and just watching some music videos. And I watched that again. And it still chilled my bones, Renfrey. I'm not going to lie. It was a bizarre thing. You remember there's the, the and he's doing the dance. And yes. he's like dis- slowly yeah, yeah, disrobing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, mm. Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Total Zanarchy by Little Zan. Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor. Methods of Mayhem. Uh, by Methods of Mayhem, the True Symphonic Rockestra with a concerto in A minor, Uncle Crackers Double Wide, and still at number one, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side, which will probably stay there forever. <sighs> Seems very unlikely it'll be displaced anytime soon, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think it is pretty fair to say, even though we currently have Rediscovered by Puddle of Mud to chat about. Now, I think long-time listeners of mine uh will kind of know full well how this got in the hat i think um when this album came out i was on the metal hammer podcast i've been on there for a few months and it was a particularly ranty day i was feeling a bit angsty at the time i think you were in a foul mood i mean i mean you know as per but you were in a particularly foul mood well, listening back to that episode that was my life back in 2011 i'm not going to go into yeah. it too much but i, I, I remember yeah mostly most of the time mm. in and out of that i was in a fairly bad mood with most things to be honest when i think back to it now and you took it out on puddle of mud <laughs> i took it out on puddle of mud on lincoln park took it out on quite a few quite a few bands i think i took it out on um this is the purpose of all of our podcasts really we we have shitty lives and we take it out on bands that we don't like (laughs) yeah puddle of mud one of those late late 90s early noughties post grunge shit houses like godsmack days of the new creed stained just the awful just the worst just the worst thing weren't they the terrible absolutely dog end of grunge music after grunge had sort of died and they just tried to stop it from dying even though it was dead and the way they tried to stop it from dying was by making it loads worse (laughs) yeah i think they um they particularly i mean uh, this will come up later of course as well but they they particularly seemed keen on emulating nirvana like to the way west scantlin looked to the way that he attempted to sing and I think that's what I found particularly offensive about Puddle of Mud because Mm. they were a really piss poor I mean Silverchair uh, for example the Frog Stomp that one record which does sound a bit Nirvana-esque maybe bits of Freak Show as well 15 exactly they were 15 years old and it shits on anything Puddle of Mud have ever done so Mm. Um. and what they brought all these lot were was a sort of which none of the grunge bands had, but maybe bar Alice in Chains. I suppose Alice in Chains had a bit of kind of country about them. Um, yeah. A bit of a kind of, like a kind of, you know, that kind of country rock thing. Heaven Beside You, when you think about mm. stuff like that, down in a hole to an extent. Yeah, I mean, but it was never like full Bon Jovi. Absolutely and I think not. The problem with Creed and Puddle of Mud and Godsmack and all this is that it's proper like stetson shit do you know what i mean it's pro- like they went the full for something in grunge which was meant to be i mean obviously it blew up massive but when you listen to anything post i mean 10 i think you listen to 10 and go that's pretty a pretty clean 
quite quite an easy record to get into, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very kind of anthemic, big. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say simple because it makes it sound like it's dumb or whatever, but it's 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 a it's an uncomplicated, uncluttered rock record. It has that classic rock sheen to it, which yeah. makes it you know of the big four of grunge and of their biggest records. There is an argument to say it's probably the most palatable. Yeah. I think that's I would fair. say so. Yeah. And then even when you get the, I guess, the more kind of introspective, the, well, they're all quite introspective, but when you get the more melodic, uh, more, the, the, the bands who, I would say, like Dust by Screaming Trees mm. is a record which borrows far more from really top-class songwriting chops and ingenuity and passion and soul and stuff then it just look just does just like dumb arena rock and i think so many of those i guess they were like third maybe fourth wave grunge bands they went big for the kind of arena rock thing right yeah. when you look at when you look at creed they were wearing like leather trousers and mm. like vests like mesh vests and stuff mm. they've got like a soul patch and they've got their like a, their eyebrow pierced and their hair slicked back and that and you look at them and you're going you are dressing like a rock star you are acting like a rock star and grunge was all about not being like a rock star right so it was weird i think for most people i think even when that's maybe why because you look at scott wayland and you go he's a fucking rock star that kid mm-hmm. like do you know what i mean i think a lot of them went well we're not really supposed to be doing this sort of thing anymore and even though you know lane staley chris cornell kurt cobain absolutely tons and tons and tons of personality tons of um that star quality but still not really showy in the way that even the geezer from stained who's just sort of bald shuffling round, even he seemed to sort of carry himself like you know like he was vince neil or something <laughs> and i think that is what turned off so many people from those bands yeah. Just broadly speaking, I think personally, I think that's definitely one element of it. I mean, I think we could be here for quite a long time if we're going to go on about what turned people off from those bands. Another yeah. quick one, I will chuck in there. I do genuinely think there was a real, with the best of those bands, your Pearl Jams, your Nirvanas, your Soundgardens, your Alice in Chains, even your Stone Temple Pilots, and um, yeah, I'll throw in your Silver Chairs and stuff and your Bushes. There was this, there was a sincerity, which really did seem genuine. Um, and I think people can tell when these things are genuine and when they're not. And um, then when you get to that... You'd like to think, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd like to think that they could... Oh. Wargasm does put that into some perspective. Hmm. Can people tell when things are genuine or not? Hmm. No. Don't know. But I think there was a, a very po-faced, forced attempt at sincerity when you're talking about the creeds, the godsmacks, the puddle of muds, which... I personally thought was incredibly see-through and incredibly fake and blatantly obvious that it was just sort of put on. That was my opinion. I haven't kind of gone into the backstory of Scott Stapp and Wes Scantlin and stuff. And maybe there's some really awful stuff that they were getting off their chest. I have no idea. But but whether that that whether there is that stuff or there isn't, it felt fake to me. And I guess that's when it comes to how the music comes across, that's the important thing, isn't it? So I would yeah. throw that in. That's what fucked me off about the whole thing, to be totally mm. honest. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, their first album, or the first album they got big on, Come Clean, 
is a terrible record really quite an awful record but i guess no worse than the rest of that shite really i never felt like it was going to last for those bands mind you i mean i've said that about a lot of bands over the years that have ended up you know inexplicably staying popular but i mean they're another band we can blame for fred durst who signed them fred durst doesn't seem to have like he didn't like grunge did he and then he just went oh i like it now and uh here's a load of bands who are just like it and it's like no fred no you're good at well you're not good at rapping you're good at at making the sort of rhymey noises over where's borland's good riffs fred durst is good at jumping on the coattails of people more talented than him that's what fred durst is good at yeah yeah so why is he getting people less talented than him (laughs) oh god who's less talented wes scantlin or fred durst that's a tough one come on no it isn't wes scantlin is like fred durst is still considered a, a rock star do you know what oh I mean? yeah 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 you know he still manages to keep himself relevant within the public eye and all that stuff there's plenty of people who are considered rock stars who are talentless <laughs> like loads of them i'm not going in hard on limp Bizkit. i'm not trying to anyway i know i sound like i am but i'm not trying to i mean i i i, I have a begrudging respect for limp Bizkit, to be to be totally honest um way 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 more respect for limp Bizkit than than puddle of mud but but in turn when it, if we're just talking about talent I think they're on a pretty even keel. I don't think Fred Durst has got a a, a, a good ear for a, a hook. And I think, um, like you say, he surrounds himself with the correct people. He's good at marketing as well. That's not talent, though, is it? That's marketing. Yeah, I suppose so. But He's, he's better at marketing than he is at anything creative. Yeah, but, you know, just because it's not creative, it doesn't mean that it doesn't take talent to do it. Have to be good at it to be okay but when i'm when i'm talking about i, I mean talking about talent in a creative sense but i mean okay yeah we are a bit um bad time for rock music back then i think not for metal or punk or hardcore particularly but actual kind of rock music in the traditional idea of rock music that was pretty fucking crap back then like grunge was the big rock thing and it had gone away and then it kind of come back and that brit rock thing that we you and i like so much was sort of not really around at that point, you know, your televisions really. and your wild arts and stuff. And there wasn't really anything. It was This was sort of pre the darkness and the return of the classic idea of like rock and whatever. And so we, in terms of actual rock bands, with the exception of a few people like the Foo Fighters, Placebo, Garbage, who aren't a traditionally minded rock band, but like there were a few big quote unquote rock bands, but Pearl Jam still doing things. But in terms of sort of newer bands i think this is a really quite a bad time for rock music do you know what i mean actual rock music um i don't know if i agree with that um but oh, then i think 2001 well 2001 2002 it, dep- rock it, it, it depends what you're so like are you saying brand new rock bands i'm just looking at it like i don't know so this isn't obviously brand new but you know free all angels by ash came out that that year that's their third album weezer's green album came out that year that's their third album uh feeder released echo park that year which is their third album i think jimmy world bleed american third album. i mean that's more you're when you get into you're getting more into kind of emo-y category rather than straight ahead rock um okay. yeah echo park's not a great record by the way um oh it's all right it's 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 it's, it's, all, it's all right it's not the best record they've done by a fucking mile but it's i think if, right. if you're having to if you're having to kind of 
elevate Echo Park by feeder to prove your point, then I would say that is <laughs> proving my point. I think Echo Park is the worst album that I've just mentioned there. Um, yeah, Free Your Angels is a good record. Free Your Angels is great. And you said something else as well? Well, um, Jimmy Eat World, Bleed American, which is a fucking classic. Weezer, the Green oh, the Album. Green Album. It's yeah. brilliant. Um, I mean, would this count? Origin of Symmetry by Muse? I know you don't like Muse, but, you know, come on, that is that that is a great record yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that even though it's you know i mean I'll, i have to i suppose but um uh, the other thing noticeable about all those bands they're british aren't they apart from jimmy world and weezer who are more of a geek rock going into emo rather than straight ahead rock music uh, um yes. which was sort of my point they're all kind of british bands so this was a sort of rival schools the end, united by fate kind of an emo post hardcore thing yeah rather okay. than rock yeah, okay. If you're being specific, it has to be rock. I mean, I was about to say my vitriol, but yeah, I mean, it, it depends how broad your interpretation of simply rock is. But yes, I mean, certainly there was the Drowning Pools and, well, it's not really rock smell, but Alien Ant Farms and Nickelback. I mean, Nickelback released Silver Side Up this year, didn't they? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, All that stuff. Mm. All the stuff that replaced Screaming Trees and. I guess even like Wild Hearts. And you think, you know, when I first started getting into, um, when I was first started buying Kerrang! and stuff, and I would have, you know, Mannix, Terrorvision, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Faith No More. Oh, Faith No More are more too eclectic to really count as a, you know, as, yeah. as a, a quote-unquote rock band. Ash, like when Ash first came out, even like, you know, the first couple of Reef albums, I was like, oh, this is, this is really good. All of this stuff is mm-hmm. really, really good. And then... There weren't really any, it doesn't really seem like, you know, even the bands you mentioned releasing decent records. Free Your Angels, Echo Park, Green, Green Album. Album. They're, not their, they're not their best records. They're not like the height of their no. career or anything, are they? No. I, I think some people would consider Free All Angels by Ash probably their best record. Um, I don't personally, but it's, and that certainly is their commercial peak. But no, that's probably the yeah. only exception. Yeah. 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 Like Strays by Jane's Addiction was going to come out and quite soon oh, and whatever, right. and I suppose yeah. like, but it was stuff like the Strokes as well, wasn't it? We had the Strokes and everything. It was a bit like, well, is white stripes, uh, yeah, white stripes. I mean, I guess more of a sort of, uh, yeah, you could have. I mean, with rock, they're more of a sort of bluesy thing, really, weren't they? Strokes I'll give you in rock. But... I avoided, I avoided mentioning White Stripes, but then you brought up the Strokes, so I went right White Stripes. Then in that case, yeah, <laughs> but right, yeah, fair enough. White um, also came out that year, so, which, is, which is was... my favourite White Stripes album. So. Yeah, it's a brilliant record, as discussed previously. Um, You know, just in general, I think you look at it and you go, emo's quite exciting, post-hardcore's quite exciting, new metal's dying on its ass, but there's a kind of underground metal scene, which is really cool, with shit like Opeth and Neurosis and all that sort of thing. Um, Metallic hardcore was great. And, you know, there was bands that have been established in the earlier part of the 90s who were making decent records still. Uh, in, and pop punk was massive and rubbish, and they're all um, <laughs> ripping off Blink One Eighty Two. And please make it stop. But I thought, uh, but I thought actually, you were just going to say they're all nonces. Uh, oh is... yeah, they are. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Um, but I think they were probably young enough to, to to for that to be sort of acceptable back then. It's the fact that they still do it in their 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 late forties that they're still doing it. That's the problem, Renfrew. <laughs> yeah, That's the yeah. main problem. Just um, just don't name any one specific, and then we can move on. That's good. No, 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 no. It's all <laughs> pop-punk bands. Every single person who's ever been in a pop-punk band. Or, um, or liked a pop-punk band, as you said. Or liked a pop-punk band. Yeah, yeah. Or liked a pop-punk band, yeah. <laughs> Anyone. Um, oh, dear. But not a great time. But, but 
in amongst all of this, obviously it was still the kind of commercial peak for rock music. So even though yes, it was con- confuse, so. confusingly bad, Come Clean by Puddle of Mud, unbelievably, and I think just because they had a free, they had an open goal of tapping, a free run to the, to the front, Come Clean's gone triple platinum. That's five million copies worldwide. What the fuck? Oh, God. I kind of shouldn't be surprised by that. My eyebrows shot right up at that yeah i mean it was fucking huge wasn't it it was everywhere that fucking record was everywhere blurry was a top 10 hit in the us and the uk number eight in the uk number five in the us there was a period where you really just you couldn't get away from that fucking band and how stupid they were and how irritating uh, and annoying yeah but then yeah i mean there was a punch of that wasn't there i mean but this is what happens when you know, I mean, this is the the, the the downside of uh, uh, former music that you love being the dominant music at the time. You know, you. you I don't think this was the point you were strictly trying to make, but I think I think there was fucking shitloads of amazing stuff happening in two thousand one. To be totally on- mm-hmm. honest, it depends yeah. how broad you want to put the rock thing. Uh, admittedly, and I think you were kind of talking about very straight down the line rock bands and 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 if we're going strictly with that interpretation of rock the straight down the line thing then yeah fair i don't think 2001 was a great year for for rock but overall i mean when i look back at 2001 i actually think it's one of the greatest years of music uh i'd put it in the same league as the 96s and the 91s and 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 uh, all that I think 2001 is actually a fucking stellar year for music as a whole but I understand mm. the point you're trying to make but we had shitloads of great stuff but it was it wasn't even mired because you know I would listen to Smooth Criminal uh, Alien Ant Farms Michael Jackson cover and then go yeah not for me I'm going to put Lateralis back on thank you very much um, but you know or uh, Morning View which obviously we both agree is an absolute classic <laughs> yeah they're another one fucking <laughs> hell <laughs> um but yeah i mean the, i guess the thing is is it was really difficult you, you you had to take the bad with the good and that's what happens when uh, uh, uh a genre that you like becomes the dominant force you you, you do get shit loads of good stuff but you you, mm. you know i was getting force-fed alien ant farm and puddle of mud and a lot of that utter bullshit quite a lot and uh it got very very irritating yeah, I mean, usually what happens with the genre is that it will kind of have this big peak. It will be an underground thing, which will become, which gets really, really, which gets traction because it's genuinely creative. And then it will have this big kind of mainstream peak. And then that will slowly kind of die down. And then a load of chances will come in afterwards. And then that will kind of kill it off. It will go away and something else will come along to replace it. This for me was the fucking hell. I got to the point where I was like, shit, grunge is shit now, is it? It's really quite shit. Um, Puddle of Mud played Family Values in 2001 with Linkin Park and Stained. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Ooh, no. Uh, Stones of the Pilots were on there as well. Fine. Um, I didn't. I thought, like, this is just never going to last, is it? And I think at that point, here in the UK anyway, I sort of just thought they vanished. Puddle of Mud, Stained, um, Creed... Not Nickelback. Obviously, Nickelback hung around. Although Nickelback did fuck off for a little bit, and then he sort of came back when Rockstar came out. And but all that stuff, it seemed like it was like, oh, okay, goodbye then. You're done now. We'll have to suffer Razor Light and the Libertines instead of you for a little bit. <laughs> and 
that's sort of what happened in the UK. But that didn't happen in the United States of America. They actually did some pretty good business mm. um, with their second album, Life on Display, sold 700,000 copies worldwide. A significant drop off from 5 million. Still, not the worst. But it's, it's not al- awful, no. No, their third album, Famous, got to number 27 in the Billboard Top 200. I've never heard that. Apparently, it was it just just cracked the top-selling 200 albums in the United States of America of that year as well, which is kind of mm. quite impressive. Um, I'd like to point out that the um, cover for uh, Famous... Uh, have you got the cover up there in front of you, Steve? I've seen it. It is... It is just the band posing for the fo- for a photo. Wes Scanlon has his legs wide, sprayed wide open, like he's about to give birth or something. Um, and the this is a cover which immediately makes you look at the members of the band and go, "You are a bunch of fucking cunts, aren't you?" You've got one person, <laughs> you've got one person looking off into the middle distance for no fucking reason whatsoever, and the other three are staring at the camera, very moody pointing their crotches right at us in a sort of yeah you want a bit of this and i say no i don't want a bit of this i don't want a bit of anything that you have to offer thank you very much no um a little bit of a to predate what we're going to speak about at the end of the show in 2007 west scantler was banned from graceland elvis's house for trying to enter a private swimming pool what a fucking idiot more of that later more shenanigans from west scantler later he tried to break in to yeah. like, that's the key thing there he was he wasn't like invited into graceland mm. and, <laughs> and and you know then used the pool and they're like no you can't use the pool mr scantlin he broke in to graceland and was using the swimming pool when they when they found him and yeah mm. i mean what a cunt always oh, like he's like nicky six isn't he yeah 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 by that i mean he's a fucking dickhead is what i mean <laughs> yeah. uh in 2009 that saw the release of their fourth album, Volume 4, Songs in the Key of Love and Hate. That sold 100,000 copies. Oh. So much like the Twangs and the Pigeon Detectives and the other bands that we spoke about before, you can see a significant drop-off. Diminishing returns is the way that you've put it before, yeah. yeah. Yes. From 5 million uh, in 2001, eight years later to 100,000. That is a significant drop-off. Mm. And, um, you know, it was just going that way i suppose one blessed relief though i noticed from wikipedia is the albums are getting shorter uh we're going from around an hour in length i can't believe that first record is almost an hour uh and uh volume four songs in the key of love and hate what a title is 35 minutes and 50 seconds so that's one good thing that's one thing they're improving on uh without even having heard the records i can guarantee that the fact that they are shorter is a better thing yeah, well, they soon decided to go back to an hour when, when Sadly, the album yes. that we're about to talk about. <laughs> yes, uh, they, did a, they, did a, they did a song for the US Winter Olympic team as well in 2010. Did they? <laughs> bizarre. Um, really bizarre. Uh, and then, at a loss with what to do with their flagging career, Puddle of Mud decided to release a covers album, uh, as well as re-releasing their first two pre-Fred Durst albums uh, that came out pre um pre dust but i but well, i was going to call it curry bum for a second come c- come, come clean. clean come clean <laughs> curry bum whatever um and this is where my paths cross once more 
with Puddle of Mud. But before we get into that, let's talk about some reviews that the album got. Um, there's not a lot of reviews for this record, funnily enough, Renfrey. Uh, All Music gave it two out of five and said dexterity has never been a calling card of Puddle of Muds, nor has cleverness, two traits that inevitably come in handy when a band does a covers album. No, Puddle of Muds' defining characteristic is plodding deliberateness. How the band goes from point A to point B with a heavy, heavy foot. They can't shed this trait for Rediscovered, their cumbersomely titled 2011 covers album, nor do they really try. They simply play classic rock standards as straightforwardly as possible, copying the guitar solos from Freeze All Right Now, twisting Gimme Shelter into standard tuning, straightening out the rhythms of Funk Number no. 49, and barreling through Billy Squire. These aren't reinterpretations, they're recreations, yet by playing these songs with their heads down and blinders on, they sound like little more than a local bar band on a Wednesday night. Which is one of the more accurate reviews of the album, because many other people that <laughs> seem to dislike this album in the way that I disliked it. Loudwire said ambitious. <laughs> what? Uplifting and nostalgic are good descriptors for the collection. Quite charmingly, the guys sound like they're simply having fun. I fucking hate it when people say that. Playing music mm. for themselves and channeling the sounds of a past generation. Oh, as long as they're having fun, why don't they just record themselves riding a roller coaster and put that out? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like having a picnic. Here's our new album. We're just It's just us having a picnic. We're having fun, though. Oh, it sounds like they're having such fun. This is my idea of good music. Listening to other people having a better time than me. It's one of the lamest excuses for bad art in any kind of artistic criticism whatsoever, isn't it? Oh, they're just having fun. It's, oh, it's just a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fun. No, it's fucking atrocious. Fuck off. Why do I have to listen to someone else having fun? Yeah, exactly. And, like, sometimes someone else having fun if they can translate that if 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 they can translate it and so it makes you feel like you're having fun as well like you know some bands can do live we were talking about mother vulture just prior to um to uh us recording and and you know i'll go into it on the the main weekly show but they are a band who are clearly having shit loads of fun on stage and it is infectious but in order for it to be of any worth a band having fun to an audience at least it has to be infectious and um yeah. i can categorically say that it is not infectious on this record i mean you know i i presume the people write, who write something like this would never dare knock on their neighbor's door if their neighbors if they had a newborn baby and their neighbors next door had a party till on a monday night till 5 a.m in the morning playing really really loud music presumably they would think oh this is brilliant this is brilliant they sound like they're having such fun oh as long as they're having fun don't worry about your crying baby and the fact that you haven't you've got insomnia <laughs> and you've got to go to work in two hours oh, no 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 no! don't criticize them they're having fun uh, yeah. fucking idiot is that what this album is it's like a, a late night yeah. party which is keeping you awake <laughs> yeah pretty much anyway um with rediscover puddle of mud prove their scope goes far beyond grunge rock nuggets not that far beyond and the release will certainly earn them street cred among their rock peers what covering all right now by free (laughs) yeah what a load of nonsense 
Shokya said, after a few paragraphs of drooling, if you couldn't already tell, we give claps all round to Puddle of Muds Rediscovered, and we guarantee you that Shokya readers will give similar applause. Puddle of Mud offer you the room to rejoice to the tune of artists like Led Zeppelin, Stevie Nicks, James Gang and the Steve Miller Band, but also let you take note of who Puddle of Mud are as a band. Despite not singing the songs that the Kansas City Band are the founding fathers on, you will walk away from listening to Rediscovered. Remember that Puddle of Mud are post-grunge kings. Do you know what? If I don't need Puddle of Mud giving me room to rejoice in Stevie Nicks and Led Zeppelin, I've got those <laughs> records I can listen to whenever I feel like. I don't need Puddle of Mud letting me do that. And Puddle of Mud, the post-grunge kings. It's a ludicrous thing to say. I was going to say, I don't need a reviewer telling me that Puddle of Mud are post-grunge kings. I mean, what fucking planet are you on? That is pathetic. That is a pathetic take. Absolutely mm. pathetic. Yeah. 3minuterecord.com said sure there's a misstep or two Kiss made music from the elder after all which is hugely comparable to this record obviously um, if Scantling went for a home run trying to follow Robert Plant on Led Zeppelin's Do You Maker then he had to sing and then he had to settle for a single to shallow right I don't know what that means that is that is read as written right okay don't know what it says same with ACDC TNT which gets off on the wrong foot with the with the yells of hey 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 instead of the late Bon Scott's oi oi oi. Well, I, I mean, I would say that the changing things are kind of it makes a cover better, but they're actually going oh, no, God, you can't you don't change anything. Um, so bar one track towards the end, which isn't even on the main edition, it's only on the iTunes exclusive edition. That is one of the biggest changes to the original material that puddle yeah. of mud make i would say on yeah. this entire record but yeah. yeah uh it makes it the vocal equivalent of one of those cheap foreign tool sets try as he might scantlin had to settle for par with this track um the boys are able to give a tip of the cap to their heroes some of the top rock performers of all times with proper covers and give them a hint of 2000s flair and scantlin swagger but yet not run them through a sleaze machine of 2009 when they offered up spaceship don't know what that means at the end weird bit so i probably shouldn't have put that bit in but that's what it says um uh do they mean this no there isn't a song called spaceship no no i haven't I, got a fucking clue what they're talking about no sorry i think maybe they covered it in 2009 because right, okay. uh the rock father says rediscovered is a fun record for fans of the band or those that just want a solid jam um i had a solid jam on my toasted tea cake yesterday uh it, i put it was it was black currant i put it in the fridge and it was nice and hard and cold and it was nice on the thing so so i like a solid jam by the way i think that's what he's referring to <laughs> it's like having puddle of mud perform at a beer drenched private party in your living room of which you had not invited them it's <laughs> it's, it's, that, but that is... it's not like that that's not what it's like it's like putting on a record where someone has covered absolute classic tunes which if you have any respect for music whatsoever you'll probably like at least half of these songs badly that's not what it's like that's ridiculous Mm. but this is what the review on the metal hammer podcast (laughs) from me this is what i said on the metal Hammer podcast this is the worst album of the year i'm sure of it this is worse than lulu sticking by that i'll be stunned if anything worse than this comes along a toddler with a bucket on his head hitting a piece of stale bread would be preferable to hearing wes scantlin boring fucking arsehole shitty post-grunge wankers covering oh yeah it's a covers album by the way 
I obviously lost my train of thought here. And who doesn't love covers albums? You know you're brimming when I, with ideas when you make a covers album. No one has ever made a good covers album. There's a few. Garage Inc. Then I talk about Garage Inc. for a minute. But this is awful. Rocket Man, why are you covering Rocket Man? I would love to meet him and ask, why are you covering Rocket Man? We were going to do your song, but we thought it was too obvious. Fucking Rocket Man. Are you honestly telling me you are going to cover Elton John? He's one of the world's great songwriters. They don't change it at all. Why do you think, you arrogant prick, that your version of Rocket Man is going to make people put Elton, Elton John's version down and go, we don't need that now that we've got Puddle of Mud covering Rocket Man. And I don't need this. I'm supposed to like rock music, but you make it so fucking difficult to actually like it. I'd like to go back in time, Terminator style, and find baby Wes Scantlin and throw him against a fucking brick wall and say, it's for the good of humanity. Terrible. If any of you bought it, a guy I work with bought it. He doesn't like Nirvana, but he bought this. You are wrong. Why don't you just cover fucking happy birthday? Um... You said that much more calmly 10 years hence than you did at the time. It must be said. (laughs) Yeah. And I went mad about this record. And I don't know what I like. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. I think I thought it was funny. But when I say that you can't say things now, I think if you said the person at this record, I'd like to go back in time and throw them against a brick wall as a baby. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. People get annoyed. I think I probably would get... um, that would probably get cut out. That would probably get cut out of this podcast if I said it weekly, I reckon. It would definitely get cut out of the Metal Hammer podcast today. And it would definitely get cut out of Metal Hammer magazine uh, if I tried to put it in Metal Or any magazine, oh God, yeah. to be yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. honest. So, um, fair play to Gil for leaving that in unedited. It's different formats, though, isn't it? And I think um, it back, different it's different mediums and different formats. And I also think back then, it's funnier to be honest with you when someone is saying it aloud you know you obviously clearly hated this record but you are doing it in the spirit of trying to make people laugh at the end of the day which i think people forget and it did i mean i remember hearing it at the time and cracking up on the overground like i remember where i was when i first heard that because it was very 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 funny indeed and going back to it 10 years later i still thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious I mean, you said, would I have cut it? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, because I just think it's so clearly a joke and you'd have to be mm. a fucking idiot to think otherwise. I well, mean, the real... We'll get into West Scantlin. <laughs> kind of... In a minute. In a minute. <laughs> but it's weird because it's, it's something that for a long, long time people brought up around me. For a long time. Shitting on Puddle of Mud. You know, when you could passionately yeah. say that you hated something without the entire world thinking it was a hate crime. Um, <laughs> those were the days. And people fucking seem to really find it funny because, you know, this album is bad. It's a bad mm. record. And Puddle of Mud are pretty reprehensible as a band. They're a pretty horrible band. They're a bad band, but they also seem to be populated by certainly one pretty nasty piece of shit as we'll get into in a little bit there's at least one prick in puddle of mud that is fair to say and i'm happy to put that down as a fact yeah yeah um but you know i'll get back to my bit about it in a second but i suppose you ask you rimfrey rediscovered mm. by puddle of mud would you throw baby west scantling at a wall for this i wouldn't actually do it um i might see I... it was all a big joke wasn't it yeah it was a joke yeah. they were joking <laughs> We're joking. Yeah. When I said back then I'd throw Baby West Gantt at the wall, I was joking. And here in 2021, 
I now can say without joking that if I could <laughs> and get away with it, I think I probably would. In all seriousness. I mean... Like... Electric fence. Probably an electric fence. <laughs> a brick wall. Be quicker. Yeah, that's because you have a heart and you have humanity, Steve. And I like that about you. Yeah. Um, you. Oh, God, what do I think of this record? It is... Um, a complete waste of every single person's time. Um, it is a band covering massive, massive songs, which you will know whether even even if you're an incredibly casual fan of music full stop you will know a lot of these songs because they are so famous you know we're talking about yeah rocket man by elton john tnt by acdc give me shelter by the rolling stones um uh oh, what's the Beatles? Buy a little help from my friends i need a little help from my friends by the Beatles. all right now there's yeah. another one that i thought yeah. you know from the argos advert yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a double minute advert wasn't it not argos it used to be on the wrigley's to be honest with you, uh, oh, it was on. Yes, of course, it was on Wrigley's as well. I, I, I think it has been on both. To be honest. Okay. all right now by Freeze, probably been on a fucking million adverts, right? Um, I would have thought, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's it it it's fucking ballsy covering these massive, massive tunes, isn't it? And I suppose maybe the band were dumb enough to think, oh maybe if we cover something massive and people that people know maybe they'll want to hear us doing that i mean not many people are ever get that excited about cover albums because there are very few cover albums out there that are worth getting excited about this certainly isn't one of them some people might be listening to this and being like hold on a minute hold on a minute you likes the teal album and that's a band mm-hmm. doing exactly the same thing. Now, there's it some, is. there is some truth in that, but here are the differences. A, Weezer are a far superior band to Puddle of Mud. That's a fact. That's an absolute stone cold fact. Not on the Teal album, they're not though. To be fair, I didn't say that. I said they are a better band oh, yeah, than yeah, Puddle yeah, of are. Mud. That is a stone cold fact, right? Secondly, I suppose. I mean, did I like the Teal album? I that is an album that i could see was fun in an infectious way it felt to me that yes weezer were laying back and having fun with these songs and it felt infectiously fun to me it obviously didn't feel infectiously fun to everyone but that album had a real mixed response i don't think people were People who really didn't like it really didn't like it. You were one of them. Hello. But yeah. the, but there were but there were a lot of people who were just like, no, this is just this is an enjoyable record. This is an enjoyable half hour record. Do I go back to the Teal album very often? No, barely ever. Um, but uh, the other thing I said at the time, I, I thought it was a very clever and a very savvy marketing exercise, and I still stand by that because people hadn't really been talking about Weezer in the mainstream wide mainstream conscious for fucking years and suddenly they put out a cover actually pretty decent cover of Africa by Toto and people are talking about them again so it worked for a brief period of time I mean I'd rather Weezer just concentrated on writing good albums and you know they they, they released two this year both of which are actually fairly decent and uh, mm. particularly um, uh, OK Human. Human 
yeah okay yeah. like actually a record that i really have gone back to and really enjoy quite a lot but i suppose what i'm trying to say is it's it's all it's all about context really in lots of ways as well isn't it and and even even with me attempting to defend the teal album in a small way i'm kind of aware that it is throwaway and silly and stupid but that's the only way that you should ever be able to approach this kind of thing in a throwaway silly stupid using it like a marketing tool for example which to be fair is exactly what weezer did the teal album came out and then a month later they released the black album unfortunately that ended up being fucking shit but you know they they, it was a throwaway just like hey we're back and like if you're ever going to do anything like this that is the uh, that's the only sort of way you can do it. You have to do it in that sense, I think. Well, I guess we'll never know how Puddle of Mud intended this True. covers album to be thought of because, um, well, we could ask them, but uh, don't want to really. Don't want to. Um, I'd rather just let my blind prejudice run riot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to assume that they think this is incredibly worthy. But it has all the hallmarks, and sa- it sounds like a record. I, I tell you one thing I will say about the Teal album is that even though I think it's absolute bobbins, right? I think it's bollocks. I think it's a waste of time. I don't think it's fun. I don't have fun listening to it. I don't like it. The song choices are spectacularly obvious, and they don't do anything with them. You can at least go. Well, he obviously knows he's not TLC when he's doing no scrubs, and he's obviously Rivers Cuomo is aware that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he appears yeah. to at least be aware that that's kind of a ridiculous thing. Yeah, I don't think that Puddle of Mud think that them doing Give Me Shelter is ridiculous. No, I there's don't. No think they not, do. There's no nod and wink there at all. It's done completely straight, which exactly. is one th- one of the things that I I cannot stand. I still cannot stand this record. I think it is. Uh, it's not even like musically is this the worst thing you've ever heard no it is not but it's just the absolute fucking nerve the fucking nerve of these cunts to think that covering some of the most iconic songs in the world is something that they are capable of doing <laughs> absolutely not gimme shelter the whiniest most overwrought awful pub rock version of gimme shelter old man by neil young actually hurts actually physically hurts to listen to (laughs) it physically hurts my body like being punched in the balls to listen to that cover of old man by neil young neil young as discussed hasn't got an amazing singing voice he has a very recognizable singing voice he has the kind of voice that you either get used to and end up quite liking or is just a sticking point Yeah, yeah but he sounds definitely sounds better than Wes Scantling. Yeah, definitely, definitely sounds better than Wes Scantling. Oh, yeah. TNT is dreadful, awful. I, you know what? I, you know I'm apathetic towards ACDC, but listening to Puddle of Mud's version of uh, TNT almost made me hate them. So, yeah. Wow, bloody hell! I mean, and and shit like just like the Joker by the Steve Miller Band is a, a, a massively overplayed song right mm-hmm. hugely overplayed I don't really want to li- I think the Joker by the Steve Miller Band is a good song I don't ever want to listen to it again because it's just been played over and over and over and over again and it's become a little bit annoying to me it's, it, it's bo- if you listen to our classic albums it's box A for me like 
the never want to hear again mm-hmm. if it comes on i go ah, i quite, quite like it fine or box c i actually play it. it it's box a the joke about steve Miliband. i found it quite annoying now it, but I do. I did used to like it. I used to think it was really, really good. But, but listening to Wes Scantling, some people call me the Sprouts Cowboy. <laughs> like that's how he starts it. Like, what are you doing? People talk about me, baby. This raid. You're a cunt, mate. <laughs> You're a cunt. Yeah. Like, it's fucking state of you. Yeah. Like, like ad libbing extra shit on the steve miller fucking the joker by steve miller which a i don't want to hear the original even though it's good mm. b you have made it much worse because mm. you're not as good as the steve miller band and c you you think you're going to adapt the lyrics to but ad lib all over like mate you are a fucking cunt yeah there's no way to sugarcoat this yeah you're a fucking cunt mate and but- absolutely and then i still I rocket man. <laughs> Go on. I still can't believe it. I still <laughs> when it came on because I was like, oh yeah, yeah, rocket, yeah, fucking haha, rocket man, right? When it came on, I still was just like, I cannot, I, I cannot believe. Still, ten years later, a decade later, that you have got the fucking nerve, the actual nerve of this cunt, <laughs> the nerve of you. Your own puddle of mud, <laughs> <laughs> and you are going. Oh, I will do rocket man. And I, 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 it, honestly, it, it's like I, I, I honestly, I, 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 oh, it's like Oscar Pistorius signing for Barcelona when they sold Lionel Messi. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like fucking casting John Candy to play Karen Carpenter. <laughs> It's like it, it is. It cannot work. Oh man! And yeah, yeah. How 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 did that get past anyone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought Gimme Shelter was. Like, I looked at the track list and I was like, hey, "Fucking Gimme Shelter!" But like Stone Sour have covered Gimme Shelter as well. I mean, the other thing to say about this is no, that have they? Fuck. Is that I I don't really re- like. There used to be covers albums now and again here and there. I mean, I think the one I brought up in the Metal Hammer podcast review was the the, the anatomy of the Bettina Berry's and me one. Yeah. Where they just kind of put a bit of shouty stuff in there. Yeah. I think I said that. And we've spoken before. It's not a great, it's fairly kind of straight, but a bit more kind of metallic-y. And yeah. With a few, I, like, sort of screamy bits. But not great, right? Not great. I, I mean, I, I, even the anatomy, or even a, a, a great band like Between the Berry and me, I, I, I personally think the anatomy of is kind of a waste of time really like it's cool to show off like how broad their influences are and they are very broad certainly broader than puddle of muds but i i think i've listened to the anatomy of once and dylan dylan escape plan put an ep out where they covered um, like yeah plagiarism like i love you by justin timberlake jesus christ pose by soundgarden wish by nine inch nails um angel by massive attack as well anything like again very very broad but you know i'm come apex twin come to daddy they they've done previously as well so dillinger's an interesting one because that plagiarism ep is them doing very straight covers it has to be said but yet they have done covers i mean i mean their public enemy cover with chuck d fight the power is one of the best Mm. covers of all time i think and I wouldn't go as far as to say it's one of the best covers of all time, but I really like they do, what they do with Paranoid, 
Black Sabbath Paranoid. You know, like they were quite known for like doing quite different things with their. I mean, Paranoid is barely recognisable as Paranoid, to be honest. But um, but yeah, pl- plagiarism was fairly. So I mean, you know, I I don't listen to plagiarism very often. I have to say, even as a massive Dillinger fan, I don't listen. No, to I never listen to it. I mean, to be honest, never listen to it. Really, no, I but, don't think I do. But you know, you know, Garage Inc is the exception that proves the rule to me. Uh. But, you know, but with, with covers albums, but Metallica did quite a lot of those. Um, they did do do quite a lot of changes. They did do, you know, they did change a lot of those songs um, quite significantly. I mean, if you look, Metallica did a lot of it up, didn't they? It all got very Metallica up. Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes sometimes they are. Um, sometimes they don't do an awful lot to them, but sometimes they really, really do quite quite a lot to but, them. But even so, the thing about Garage Inc. is, is that you've got Nick Cave and Thin Lizzy, or what's not Thin Lizzy, but you know, the, the whiskey in the jar. You've got Bob Seger, you've got Discharge, you've got, do you know what I mean? You've, you've got Merciful Fate. You've got things that people can go, well, I, I wasn't, you know, this is Metallica, and they're playing Killing Joke. And I've never, uh, who, who, what's this song? I've never heard it before. Mm. It's Killing Joke. Mm. I'll go and discover Killing Joke. Yeah. Not, oh, I'm a massive Puddle of Mud fan. Apparently this is a band called the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Apparently this is a band called the Beatles. Like, no, 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 no. And this is why these things are fucking irrelevant. They're fucking yeah. irrelevant. And, you know, if you're going to do it, do something, you know, they're not, Oh, I remember it being just like I think I said like Happy Birthday. They covered Happy Birthday. When you look at it, Rolling Stones, Neil Young, ACDC, Stevie Nicks, and Tom Petty. The one Steve Miller band that people know. Billy Squire is not a massive one. Elton John, Free, Bad Company, Led Zeppelin, James Gang. I mean that's not as as big as some of the other things you said. JJ Cal. I mean that cover of that hard that that is rock with an AW in it. Absolutely, that cocaine is. cover, yeah. fucking yeah. Awful. awful. And and you know, and to be fair, like not to be fair, really, but Dear Maker by Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard, and it is one of the few times where they don't pick the most idiotically obvious song of the band's entire discography. That I is mean, true. Yeah, yeah, they didn't pick Stairway to Heaven, so I <laughs> guess we should be giving them the thumbs up for that. But then breaking <laughs> that thumb off because of how bad Dear Maker actually is. That, to be honest, yeah. I mean, Do You Maker is, is an interesting um, song in the Zeppelin um, discography, to be honest. Um, I, I remember the first time I ever heard Do You Maker, I absolutely hated it. I've actually kind of grown to like it as the years have gone on. But um, there is, it, it, it's, but this version is absolutely dreadful. Um, it's not, I don't think Do You Maker is a very easy song to cover because it's not easy to make it uh, sound wishy-washy and... and just slight you've got that oh 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 it's not easy to do that without it sounding fucking crap because it's not easy to do anything when you puddle of mud as well (laughs) (laughs) but um but robert plant is you know a hot take a pretty good singer so he pulls it off and he does it very very well well, 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 oh here we go here we go wow he's better than wes scantlin you can say that (laughs) Do you not think? <laughs> do you not think Robert Plant's a good singer? Are you honest? No, of course I do. I yeah, think I he's a great thought. singer. Of yeah, course I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Robert Plant pulls it off. You know, very, very well. I mean, West Scanlon clearly doesn't at all. I, I mean, from the very first moment I press play on this record, I'm not actually a massive Rolling Stones fan, but I have said on this podcast quite a bit that "Give Me Shelter" is my favourite Rolling Stones song. It's an amazing song. It's a brilliant, brilliant song. And there's something the original recording of it as well. There's something. 
that has been captured in that which is really special and actually that's a lot of a lot of classic recordings what what they're about is is sometimes it's not even about the song itself it's about capturing something special there is something that i've read many descriptors of gimme shelter and why it's a great song i don't think anyone's ever encapsulated it i don't think ever is i don't think anyone has ever encapsulated exactly the way that you're about to no 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 i'm i i can't i can't put my finger on at all like what it is what is so special about that particular recording the original studio recording of um it's recorded very late at night do you know that it was recorded very very late at night stroke early morning and i think it has got that very very late night feel to it isn't it it's meant to be quite a sort of threatening song and it's good it's got the kind of that almost paranoid existentialist dread Mm. of kind of creeping around at night yeah yeah there's something but yeah you're right it's brilliant i mean there's something weirdly otherworldly about it and i think Mm. at the time it must have sounded insanely otherworldly but even now in 2021 what 60 years later something in something along those lines there's still something vaguely otherworldly about the original recording the puddle of mud version is so straight down the line and i wasn't aware that you could make what i think is an absolutely objectively fantastic song sound as dull and plodding as that but fair play to puddle of mud they do and fair play yeah yeah yeah, it is possible well done you are that inept (laughs) That you've done it. Um, we need to talk about a little help from my friends, which I Ooh. kind of passed me by during the the first review I did of this ten years ago. Although I do remember thinking you've done a really obvious cover, but you've done a cover of Joe Cocker's cover, so it's a cover of a cover. This is with a little help from my friends. Oh, Le- okay. A legitimately offensive version of Joe Cocker's quite brilliant cover of uh, the Beatles. Uh, a little help from my friends. Um, but yeah, it's really bad. I actually don't know the Joe Cocker version, so I didn't realise that. Do you not? No. Do you, you, you used to watch The Wonder Years? The TV show, The Wonder Years? No, I've never, never seen it. Okay, well, you're not going to know this song then. <laughs> I, I mean, I know I know the original, to be super clear. It's by the Beatles. Yeah. I've heard of them. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I didn't know the Joe Cocker version. So I, I listened to this and I, I was a little bit bemused as to why with a little help by my friends was the only song that puddle of mud had even bothered to try to change the arrangement but that makes more sense to me because they didn't bother to try to change the no arrangement. they didn't no. they just used the joe cocker arrangement instead which shows mm. i mean bands are meant to be creative they're meant to be creative people they're meant to be people who are able to take things and do their own interpretation of it you know just to pop back to weezer super super quickly whatever you think of that teal album and people know what we both think of it at least those songs do sound weezerfied yes they're straight ahead covers but rivers has such a you know it's rivers like his voice is so clearly distinctly rivers and you go in some of them i'd say in most of them i'd say in most of them you like you go okay look this is straight ahead and you haven't technically done anything to it but it does sound like weezer covering tlc which is not necessarily a good idea but yeah but at least at least it sounds like you you know whereas puddle of mud it just sounds like generic 101 nirvana ripoff guy like it's just 
rubbish. It's just fucking. That's awful. what it is. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's it is. the thing. And that's the thing. Like you listen to a little help for my friends, which is not a great song. The bit like the Ringo version of it. It's not a great. You know, oh god, what a great Beatles song. It's just not. I don't think. Like personally, oh, Renfrew's pulling a face. I'm not sure Renfrew. Uh, it's a great song. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't think it's a great song. It's, um, it's one of the jauntier Beatles songs. They do do those throwaway jaunty songs quite a bit. We talked about a couple of them, um, during our oh, White wow. Album yeah. classic album. And as far as those jaunty throwaway songs that Beatles do. Um, it is one of my preferred ones. Uh, would I go as far as to say it's it is, it is a great song? No, that's a little OTT. But I, I as far as those Beatles songs go, uh, I like it. I, 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 it's a nice ditty. But it becomes a great song in the hands of Joe Cocker, who, okay. if you again, like, you should go and watch the Woodstock performance of that song. It's fucking amazing. Like, it's so great, and it, and it is. This is what. Uh, this is what puddle of mud are trying to do mm. but they are so far away from it that again like if you didn't know the joe cocker version you would go what a kind of weird trite stupid odd because they're not put they don't pull it off whereas joe cocker reimagines it and it sounds fucking brilliant i mean it's the, it's the definitive version of that so, so again huh. I, I i would say the joe cocker version is the definitive version of that song in, as far as i'm concerned but they just can't do it they just can't even do that fucking rubbish as someone who doesn't know the joe cocker version it did sound to me like at first as i said i was like oh well fair play at least you're trying to do a different arrangement and then i don't know a minute a minute and a half in i was like this is a fucking mess lads what are you up to what are you doing like it 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 sounded like a band arrangement now i'll take your word for it that the joe cocker version is um is is the best version but like yeah, yeah, it probably isn't. I'm sure the fault is with them and not with. Uh, oh, it not with definitely the is. Like, itself, trust yeah. me, they fuck the arrangement up. Something rotten. Okay. Hmm. The thing about this is just the utter lack of thought and care put into this. I mean, am I going to get as angry about it as I did back in 2011? No, I'll save that for some of the really morally objectionable shite that we have coming out of this hat. But this is an appalling, gross, icky smacks of the worst kind of desperation i just think this is pathetic this record uh, uh yeah I, I do you know what i think um path- yeah it's just pathetic isn't it it's, it's just, just pathetic. pathetic it's just desperate and pathetic mm. and like it's not fun it's not it's not it doesn't sound like fun it's not fun it sounds really deeply cynical which is the opposite of fun. Quiet. I'm having a right laugh. I think this sounds like the most cynical, easy, like, shat-out piece of crap. Like, and they've picked songs that are perfect in their simplicity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've picked songs which are beautifully simplistic in so many ways because the people who wrote them were, you know, were geniuses. Mm. Neil Young, Elton John, The Beatles... The Rolling Stones. You're talking about absolutely world-class songwriters at the top of their game. And that's why those songs are so iconic. And you just kind of wander in, learn the chords, <laughs> shit it out, and think people are going to pay for it and it's going to be good enough. Well, I'm sorry. I'm glad I got that angry about it. And yes, I would throw Baby West <laughs> at a brick wall. 
I mean, the song choices do certainly say a lot about the the music that they listen to. That like we kind of said earlier that maybe this is just a cynical attempt um, to get people to pick up a, a Puddle of Mud album and go, "Ooh, Puddle of Mud covering Led Zeppelin. That'll be fun to hear or whatever." But actually, it could be simply that Puddle of Mud don't actually listen to all that much music whatsoever. That they just listen yeah. to the biggest bands of all time because they are fucking basic bitches and you know look i'm not suggesting in any way shape or form that if you don't listen to uh, underground music in any way shape or form that you're a bad person or anything like that if you're gonna be in a band though i would suggest opening what you listen to up a little bit more uh, yeah i think there's nothing wrong with that yeah but beyond things that have sold over a few million copies because otherwise you are just going to sound really stale and dull that's again that's just another fact if you're just ripping off the biggest of the biggest stuff you're gonna sound fucking boring and stale and i think it does say i mean that is what i imagine has happened with puddle of mud sound because their album tracks didn't sound much better than a lot of this stuff um no there are a couple of times on this album just to say something vaguely positive i think the songs are so good i think sometimes some like i mean i will say um you might disagree with this because you did kind of already say that you thought it was absolutely atrocious what was happening here i think old man by neil young is such a good song whilst i did not enjoy listening to puddle of mud's version at all I still found it very difficult not to kind of like sing along to the chorus, but that is more down to the genius of Neil Young's melody than it is. Yes, well, true, true of a few things on this record. Uh, Yes, it is. But I tell you what, they give it a good go, don't they? They do. Yes, they do. They, they, they put a pillow over the face of most of these songs. (laughs) And these songs wriggle very, very hard to escape their their, their looming death. It's like the last scene say. in Promising Young Woman, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but but done thirteen times over. If you get the iTunes European Deluxe Edition, uh, mm. and and it's seeing songs that you love genuinely. I mean, so the th- oh god, I've kind of done a bit of a spoiler for that. But there is a scene where someone is is. Uh, uh, choked to death by a pillow in that film and uh, it is actually keep it light mate keep it light. <laughs> oh you talking about throwing baby west scantlin against the wall and i'm mate, that that is a that is the feel-good film of the summer <laughs> but like um it's one shot which is like two and a half minutes and they do it for that long because that is how long it would take to uh suffocate someone um and it yeah. and this <laughs> feels like having to watch that scene but with people that you love 13 times over yeah i mean just to put that into perspective the with a little help from my friends cover is six minutes and 30 so it's like if <laughs> sorry it's only a third of that so um, this is like watching a loved one being choked to death with a pillow 13 times over that's what we're saying yeah. about this record put that on the poster puddle of mud yeah so what happened before we rank it what happened after this then because this was 10 years ago well i think not a lot you know not a lot really <laughs> at least at least not in the sense of them making any music no yeah, there is quite. a whole load of bullshit that we're scanning has got up to in that time uh, he was in the, the news a fair bit over the years. Um, yeah. Let's just go through it. In December, after, this was all, I feel like I kicked off something in Wes Scantlin um, that was very difficult for him to, I am not sure he took my review that well, because in <laughs> December of that year, only a few months later, 
He was pursued by the IRS for non-payment of back taxes amounting to around $60,000. He was arrested for cocaine possession and driving under the influence without a license in 2012. He had to attend rehab to avoid a five-year jail sentence. In May 2013, he was arrested for domestic abuse of his girlfriend. And then in July of the same year, he was arrested for um, damaging his neighbour's property, or his patio, his neighbour's patio, with a buzzsaw which is quite a mad thing to do, just attacking your neighbour's patio with a buzzsaw. In January 2014, he was sued by American Express for non-repayment of debt. In April of that year, he threw his beer and his microphone into an audience at a show in Texas before starting a fight and offering out many of those in attendance oh, before for- walking off after four songs. I forgot that, uh, actually. I remember that happening yeah. now that you said that, yeah. In, uh, in January 2015, he was arrested at an airport in Denver for riding the baggage carousel, which actually sounds <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> I, um, that's the only one so far where I'm like, fair play, mate. <laughs> yeah, fair play. In, uh, in April 2015, he smashed up his drum kit and his guitar and uh, his headphones and stormed off stage during a show. Uh, he was arrested again three times that year. Firstly, after drunken conduct at an airport. Secondly, after a high-speed chase of over 100 miles an hour with police in pursuit of him in Renfrew County, Minnesota, where he left the fleeing car after he was drunk and just ran off. And he was arrested a few months later again for drink driving. He lost his house and had it repossessed. And at the start of 2016, he was arrested after breaking into the property and smashing it up. (laughs) And in August 2016... His neighbours saw him strapping fake explosives to his car, apparently in order to deter thieves. Uh, (laughs) Oh, we shouldn't nick that car. It's got explosives on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And in September 2017, (laughs) in September 2017, he was arrested at Los Angeles International Airport after trying to board a plane with a BB gun. His bail was set at eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. But apart from that, he took my review very well. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're responsible for the downfall of West Scantland, do you? I think so. <laughs> I mean I only because I don't have a lot to be proud of, Renfrey, in life. <laughs> when I look at my achievements in life, they're quite meagre. But if I was responsible for driving Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud mad to the point where he decided to make fake explosives and strap them to his own car. (laughs) 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 He's a fucking Um, deadbeat loser, isn't he? He's a knobhead, isn't he? What a knobhead. Uh, Puddle of Mud did release another album called Welcome to Galvinia in 2019, which marked the biggest gap between studio albums in their career for the band. So that's good. Good. Do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. More gaps between new music. More gaps, please, Wes. More more gaps gaps between any music, Wes. That would be good. No one cared or thought about Puddle of Mud, really, did they? Until 2020, they sort of got back in the news. They decided to do another cover, that of About a Girl by Nirvana, which seems to have gone down in folklore as one of the worst cover versions of all time. So, in that respect, in that respect, I guess I was kind of ahead of my time. <laughs> I was a pioneer. I was 
a pioneer of shitting on puddle of mud. I do expect nine years from now people to be going, we came as Romans and the worst fucking band I've ever heard in my life. Everyone will be saying it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, there, there, there might be something to that. The one thing that I will say, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but that about a girl cover... Probably because, you know, it was live and they couldn't do any studio trickery to it or anything like that, you know, which, I mean, I don't know if they did studio trickery to that, but based on hearing that live, maybe they did. I do think that About a Girl cover is worse than anything on Rediscovered. It is. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And I'm quite impressed. Yeah. That they've actually managed somehow to make me... The thing about... The, the thing about um, this album is, is that I, I, it's so unbelievably cynical and obvious and easy and gross and just pathetic and like, don't take me for a mug. But if you go on a radio show and you do a cover, cover what you want. I don't give a fuck. Like, that, that, yeah. If you feel like covering a big, if you're doing one cover and you've just gone on some like radio show and you're doing a live session and you decide to do a cover of fucking anything, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have a go at you for, for doing that. Mm. But releasing the whole album of it, I think is fucking r- ridiculous and yeah. like, an absolute waste of time. Yeah, but exactly. yes, yes, but yes, covering about a girl by Nirvana, which is, you know, it wasn't Smells Like Teen Spirit or Come As You Are or, you know, Heart Shaped Box or something like that. So it's slightly a smaller song, although it is still a very big song, but but yes, the actual cover itself is fucking dreadful. Absolutely fucking dreadful. Mm. But um, just remember that, guys, next time you think, oh, I wonder if Stephen Hill's got it right about this. I have. <laughs> and there's the proof. <laughs> um, and yeah. That is the proof. And in nine years' time, you will agree with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm nine years ahead of you at all times. <laughs> I'm always one step ahead. I'm like Kato from the Pig Panther. Um, I'm gonna jump out any minute, like preempt <laughs> your take, your hot takes. Uh, he's just you say he has been in the news recently, hasn't he? Claiming that he's got he he caught COVID three times, which certainly puts puts fifty cents um, <laughs> getting shot eighteen times into perspective a little bit. I don't know if that's his attempt at doing that. Um, and he's been doing freestyle raps during interviews as well, which again yeah. is something which he shouldn't do. Yes. He shouldn't do that. <laughs> So, thank you, Wes Scantlin, for the laughs and the fun. Um, yes. And whatever you do, you mad, you mad, talentless fuck you. Uh, I mean, the freestyle rap that he did for this interview, which sort of went up a few days ago as we record this, uh, went, easily I approach the microphone because I ain't joke. Tell your mama to get off my chip. I got no time to give her my dick. You have, though, Wes. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to do that, but you have got time to give her your dick. You've got time to do whatever you want. And I think I would rather, you know, we people have listened for a long time. You know, my mum sadly passed away, but I would rather Wes Scantlin try to give my dead mum his dick than made another record. Yeah, I think I'll back you on that. Yeah, I mean, both both of our mums are no yeah. longer here, and yet I even feel like I go, oh, I just fuck these ashes I'd, rather than. I'd than rather, make another record. yeah, I'd rather you desecrate the corpse of my mother than make another album with Scanlon. Yeah, pretty much. That is how we we what we're saying is we don't like Puddle and Mud. <laughs> pretty much. Little yep. callback. Yeah, six out of ten. <laughs> 
I mean, this is the thing. Where do we rank it? Where do we rank it? Where do we rank the album that made you scream 10 years ago? I don't want to spend my time hating rock bands. I don't want to spend my time hating rock bands! (laughs) And yet, that is all I've spent my time doing for the last 10 years. (laughs) The irony. So I suppose in in that respect, maybe Wes Scanlon's one. Maybe, maybe Wes Scanlon's one. Who knows? I don't know. But, you know. It's not a bad point, Renfrey. It's not a bad point at all. It's not a bad point. Now, where we put this, well, definitely below Lulu, because I said it was worse than Lulu. And I absolutely back that. Yes, it's Um, worse than Lulu. There there is, you know, there's another covers album here, isn't there? And Uh, uh, there's a couple. There's a couple of covers albums here. There's Sergeant Pepper's Only Half... Um, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2 and Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band the original soundtrack now, well, and, Sergeant... and William Shatner's The Transform Man oh, yes. don't forget and well, not that, only let's, let's, let's forget that because it isn't going anywhere near that uh, uh, well, we can forget it the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because um, is Rocket Man on The Transformed Man or all I wanted to say is, is no. one thing we didn't mention William Shatner's version of Rocket Man is objectively better than Puddle of Mud's version that's all I wanted to say on that really uh, but also The Transformed Man by William Shatner is clearly a better record than this so yes. yeah oh so, god yeah. yeah yeah definitely so what we're looking at here is we've got the this year i mean one thing i will say for the absolute maniacal bollocks that is sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band original soundtrack at least at the very very least that album is entertaining and and, and maddening do you know what i mean it, it's a maddening ludicrous insanely broken piece of shit it's above Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume Two, which is which again it changes those songs. Um, but then, weirdly, I would probably argue Puddle of Mud are more competent at just playing those songs than anybody involved in Graveyard Classics Volume Two or Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band yeah. original soundtrack. Yeah, so we have to we have to balance that seesaw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I, I mean, I mean, to, to chuck this out now, uh, oh God, I mean, the, the bold takes um, on Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band OST are certainly bolder than Puddle of Butt, and there's something to be said for that, but goodness, but I mean, are any of the bold takes good? Uh, I, I would argue no, and whilst I and no. we do like to encourage people to do different things and try different things i actually think that the failings of lonely hearts club band ost are so cataclysmically strong that if i'm totally honest i don't actually think this is as bad as sergeant peppers let's also not forget that that ost is what two hours long it's really fucking long like so just the hour in puddle of company which flies by oh oh i mean i'm not saying it does but but you know i i mean i mean uh, it 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 doesn't fly by at all um but you know small mercies and all that at least it's it's still roughly half the length of the sergeant pepper one you know so i mean i'm still thinking where do we put this because then i think it's it's probably above both of them and then you've I got so. weird you've got weird shit like it's just not weird enough to be above um, Richard Ashcroft or Queen of Paul Rogers. It's not as kind of as Stick Dogs and Ponies or Theory of a Dead Man. No, exactly. And then you've got Cold Chamber 
I think there's no good songs on Cold Chamber. Like at least they've written good songs. Ditto Super Collider. Mm. Ditto One More One More Light. Yeah, yeah. We're talking out Ditto of the top fam- twenty at this point, just to say. Yeah, yeah. Ditto Famous First Words by Viva yeah. Brother. You get to Razor Light, and you're like, okay, well, Razor Light is a kind of composite of lots of different very very famous bands, but just again, the songs aren't as good. Yeah, I think. I'm looking at last week's entry, We Met at Sea by The Pigeon Detectives, and Love Beach by Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Now, the reason that I think that is for this is that I think The Pigeon Detectives might be the most boring 35 minutes of music. I mean, how we got a podcast. Thank you for being so nice about last week's podcast. Yeah. We had no, we had no idea we were going to be like getting that much material out of a band as... <laughs> dull as the pigeon detectives i mean like talking about getting getting fucking blood out of a stone yeah. jesus christ yeah, we were like, very, we were really stunned i think um, um yeah but, yeah, but uh, we did but it might just be the worst um the most boring records i've ever heard in my life emerson lake and palmer we then get to stuff which is just odd but bold choices in a lot of ways i mean mm. Emerson, Lake and Palmer is not a typical Emerson, Lake and Palmer um, album. I guess, actually, there's What the by Black Flag, which is just kind of shitting on your own legacy. Puddle them, I don't really have a legacy, but they are shitting on the legacy of the Rolling Stones and Neil Young and and lots of other very, very good artists. Um, I think I'd rather re-listen to What the than this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You then have American Life by Madonna, Uma Guma by Pink Floyd. Results may vary. Primitive Call by Limp Bizkit. And I think all of those records are... I mean, there's some cynical shit in all of them. There's some silly fucking stupid bollocks in a lot of them as well. But at the very, very least, there is a some kind of... Even if it is waving away in, on the horizon in the distance, there is some vague kernel of creativity. And the thing about this record is it is just so bereft of any kind of creativity Absolutely. whatsoever that yeah. it is a slap in the face to some of the most talented songwriters in history. And even, like we say... Even using some of the greatest songs and some of the greatest artists of all time, it is like hearing them strangled. So m- me, for my money, and I think we're being very, very nice about this record in ret- like for where we're putting it, because it is a piece of shit. Mm. It is a fucking piece of shit. Mm. But because you know the songs, it's not quite as boring as The Pigeon Detectives. But then you get to Emerson, Lake and Palmer, which although is fucking ludicrous at least somebody's gone out of their way to actually think about creating music on that record. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have here. So that would be my pick. Uh, I, th- I think that is, I mean, you actually just said it yourself, to be honest with you. I think that is ever so slightly kind. Um, only by a couple of placings. When you said razor light to me, that's when I like just, in- just instinctively within myself just went, ah, I feel like we're getting to the right kind of place here. So you were suggesting putting it um, between the Pigeon Detectives and Emerson, Lake and Palmer, which would make it number 27 on our list. I think I think I do hate Razorlight more than I hate this, but I'm not sure if I hate Dirty Vegas more than I hate it. So I was actually going to propose that we put it at number 24, um, which would be between Razorlight, Razorlight and one by Dirty Vegas. Um, not a massive, like not a massive difference in in um, what you were saying. Um, just just up two or three places in in comparison. But as I said, you said it yourself. You're being quite kind to it, putting it there, and that just feels a little bit. It's difficult for me yeah. to justify it, but it just feels that just feels a bit 
more where it should be yeah. than 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 where, where you were saying in my opinion yeah i i guess i'm what's worse like really having good songs but despising the people playing them which is razor light <laughs> well, razor light don't have good songs no, razor light no. ba- bad songs and you hate the people playing it dirty vegas one is just i got no beef with dirty vegas they're just, just a boring. bit boring yeah so is the streets in the sky so are the pigeon detectives exactly so that's so and and, yeah. and i don't think there's a lot of times where I go, oh, for fuck's sake, with this record. And I, I, Dirty Vegas and The Enemy and Pigeon Detectives don't have, don't annoy me enough to even go, oh, for fuck's sake. They're also, if I recall, uh, Pigeon Detectives certainly, but I think even the other two are actually relatively short. They're certainly, yeah, all, they're all long, uh, they're all <laughs> shorter than this record. So that's another mm. thing they've got going for them. So yeah, I, I think between Res Light and Dirty Vegas, is that how you put it there? Is that where I, you're I, putting it? I've put it in at number 23 on our list of 52 records now. There it goes. Yes. It goes in there at number 23, Puddle of Mud, Rediscovered. Not the worst album no. ever. In fact, I, I thought I said it was the, the worst album ever made, but I didn't say that. I said it was the worst album of, the of 2011. And as, at present, I believe it is our highest placing album released in 2011 yeah well, I, I need to put all those stats together so like, let's say this on the point I'm, I'm i'm actually looking at some point putting a load of stats together and putting like graphs and charts together we'll, we'll try and find the worst year for music as well just based on all this oh okay steve has just steve's face has opened wide you look like one of the nazis at the end of rages of the lost ark but but in an excited <laughs> fashion you are excited. Oh, what have you picked out of the hat? Tell me. Oh, Come on. I thought to myself, we'll never get anything to top <laughs> the puddle of mud right. after the and just, I thought we'll never because. But then, really, that was just my own kind of like, oh, going back to puddle of mud and people said blah blah blah. blah. We'll never get anything as ridiculous as like what we can have with this puddle of mud. Like, it's going to be a significant step down. It's not. Next week, Renfrey. We will be doing the album by Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Blobby. Oh, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> let's, just all, let's just all take that in for a second. Uh, Mr. Blobby, the the album by Mr. Blobby. Now, if you don't know, <laughs> you don't know who Mr. Blobby is. Well, where the fuck um, have you been? Where have you fucking been? I mean, the, I'm, I've got, <laughs> I've got some of the fucking hell. I've got the um, the track listing up here uh, for Mr. Blobby. Just give us album. a little teaser for next week. Uh, huh? uh, <laughs> Blobby Locks and the Three Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> um, old McBlobby Had a Farm. <laughs> Mr. Blobby's Looney Bathtub Band. <laughs> and my favourite one, VR Chat. Well, I think they gave up on the concept slightly. <laughs> God. Oh, this is it's well. I think we already know that it's a broken record. What we're covering next week, at the very least, amazing, cool. All right, <laughs> it's an hour long. Oh my god, <laughs> it's an hour long. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. 
That'd be fun. Now I've got well, to put a zig and zag in the fucking hat, haven't I? Yes. Well, look, um, we'll probably try and get uh, Mr. Blobby to come on and do it. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. All right, cool. Well, look, we'll see. We'll see you next week. Um, we'll be less violent to, Ms. Blobby, to Mr. Blobby, I think, than we were to Wes Scantlin, though, to be fair. So thanks very much for listening, chaps and chapesses. And we'll see you next week.